0: Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one bestseller "Sensitivity Is Your Superpower: How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy." And in case you are one of our beautiful sensitive souls on the planet, helping to elevate the consciousness of the planet, would love for you to get one of my free gifts called the Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide. And you can get that at sensitivesoulguide.com. And it's uh, explaining the three ways of navigating your way to more peace, positivity, and personal power so you can fulfill your mission and really have a great life. And today I'm really excited because uh, we have a very special guest, uh, Meredith Kelly Oki, and she is the co-founder of quantum health tv you can check it out at quantumhealth.tv the world's first video streaming channel focused on decentralizing health education where medical experts break down the emerging science of circadian health and quantum biology and as an icf accredited executive coach meredith has lived and worked on three continents helping clients from all over the world to improve their lives by changing their beliefs and their habits she began her career working in media covering entertainment and interviewing movie stars before she shifted into communication and coaching and today our topic is going to be on blue light now I have to be honest uh, I love my devices Okay, I always say I love technology, and they work better for me when I do that. (laughs) I love my computer. I love my smartphones. Uh, Yes, I love devices. And, you know, for my business, they're indispensable, and it's a great way to keep connected with family over the last two years as well since I haven't been able to safely visit Canada. Um, However, recently I've been made more aware of the dark side of the light, so to speak, in this case, blue light, so artificial blue light is not only not healthy for you, it's actually harmful. And I didn't know a lot about it, so I thought, why don't I bring an expert to talk to you, my tribe, about this whole thing about artificially created light, what's happening with our technology, what's happening to our brains, our eyes, our skin, our collagen, (laughs) who wants saggy butt, right? Um, And uh, you know, our, our sleep. So, um, and then some of you have seen me on video with, with my blue light blocking glasses and um, at quantumhealth.tv. You'll actually see some of the products they have. One of them they recommend. I actually have that one, the blue blocks that I heard from J.P. Sears originally. And I really, really like them. So I have like three pairs <laughs> uh, of, of uh, these uh, glasses. And I can tell when I wear them at night, I didn't do that last night, but when I uh, wear them regularly at night, I notice I feel sleepier. And even if I'm working late into the night, which I prefer not to do, um, I actually am able to fall asleep fairly quickly because I start to feel sleepy. Now, if I don't wear the blue light blocking glasses, I can be up oh, probably till two, you know, because I'm just totally activated, totally awake, you know, and and um, not really feeling tired. Uh, but then, with blue light getting you know less and less in my house, there's know, more of the blue light blocking, you know, um, um, lights that I have and the glasses. It's really, really been helping me. So I thought, oh, I really want to talk to Meredith about it. So today we're going to talk about why blue light is like the new sugar, why light has a major impact on our health, which essential element is needed for lasting change, how to navigate, you know, between practitioners, and why there's so many conspiracy theories about natural light and health. <laughs> so without further ado, welcome, Meredith. I have unmuted you, but I'm going to mute you and unmute you again. Sometimes we have technical stuff. There we go. Let's try that. Hello. 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 Hi. Hello, Hello Dr. I Han. Have... Thanks for having me. What a, a
1: wonderful word. introduction. you oh, intuitively yeah. are on the are on the right path with your light. <laughs>
0: Oh, cool. Very cool. And um, you've got a great site there. And it's funny because, you know, I, I, of course, I have to look up the list of doctors, you know, that, (laughs) you know, that you had. I know, several of them, I mean, not personally, but I was like, oh, great. You know, Jack Cruz is there. I mean, I know some of these names. It's really awesome. Um, And in case people are wondering, well, Dr. Karen, how come you're not on there? You're an MD. Well, first of all, uh, they do have criteria that you have to be a practicing MD, licensed MD, and I am no longer practicing. So i do everything online and do all that uh so i do not qualify and i don't think i have the bandwidth for it but meredith awesome resource well done woo! thank you (laughs) thank you
1: Yeah. uh, it's been kind of a crazy journey and we're still we're still iterating so we've actually we've got lots of um more things coming as we've Started to understand what people need to learn better, and the different Mm. types of people that are out there—practitioners versus people who just want to feel better.
0: Um, Right. So yeah, it's a real journey. Oh, that's great. Well, you know, you your career has really spanned this really interesting, you know, space. Um, from yes. this media, interviewing <laughs> movie stars and now you're in wellness. And I was joking last week or the week before we were doing a healing on, you know, something that triggered us. And, and I thought, you know, I don't think I I, I don't think I could do the whole, you know, working with a very famous, you know, movie star or Hollywood person because I, I guess I had some negative um, beliefs or thoughts or whatever and judgments. And I thought, well, that's something to heal. Although I joke that if Keanu Reeves asked me, I'd probably say yes. Right. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Like how did you get here?
1: Uh, So, you know, it's been, you know,
0: I've had one of those lives where
1: I've, I'm always doing something different, and I don't, you know, my career trajectory does not fit into a box at all. And uh, there was a period in my life where I felt bad about that, and and I thought, you know, that it was uh, like a defect of some kind. Um, But through my work, when I started, you know, to become a coach, uh, when I left working in media, Um, and business to become a coach and started to learn more about different cognitive profiles and different types of people, I realized that, you know, that's just the type of person that I am. Uh, And there are certain, there are people like that. And, you know, our, our society's not set up is to um, guide those people as easily. It's much easier. um, You know, if you do this and then you do this and it makes sense and it's linear and you tick each box as you go. And I did not do that. (laughs) followed what was in front of me and when I didn't want to do it anymore I would stop and go do something else Um, but what led me to become interested in light was really my own was from healing my own um, chronic fatigue and I did you know my husband and I I started out during just doing the research And I started because I I really hate micromanaging food, and that was just the feedback I kept getting. It was like, I mean, like, you can micromanage food, I think, infinitely if you really wanted to. Yeah, really. There's always something (laughs) that could be better. Like, oh, I should add this and take out this. And uh, and I don't really like doing that. I don't like details. I'm a big-picture person, and I found it really Mm. frustrating. Uh, So I felt like there must be something else, like, that I'm missing besides the food because this can't like my food's good enough, but this can't be it. And the supplements and there was, there's no medication for chronic fatigue, right? It's like, I'm sure many of your listeners right. and have been in that place where you're like not sick enough for a traditional doctor. They like, don't know what to do with you. They tell you you're fine. And yet you feel your quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Been there. So I went Rabbit hole, and I was like, "Why don't more people know about this?" And then I realized it was because it takes years of wading through very deep research and blogs, and that if there was maybe a resource where it was tied together in a more approachable way, could understand how to have a more
0: balanced late life. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's really neat. You know, so many of us go through this. You know, mother's invention sorry, the necessities of what what's a thing? Uh, <laughs> necessity oh, of invention. Yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, so <laughs> Yes. <laughs> right, right. So, so I went through my chronic fatigue fibromyalgia journey. journey. You went through your, you know, chronic fatigue journey. My my mentor Marcus went through his chronic fatigue journey, and and so many of the people that are doing really, actually, if I may say so myself, uh, amazing work today, <laughs> uh, really helping others get through that. Um, you know, have done this discovery, um, and so yeah, like you, gone through your own illness and going to the other side. Um, just curious, when did you figure out the whole blue light thing.
1: Uh so I it was I think 2017 where I had my moment where I was I was sitting in my kitchen and I'd ordered I ordered like a food spiralizer cuz I read on oh, yeah. on like a blog if you make zucchini into spaghetti your children will love it and I was like they will not love it. <laughs> they <laughs> want spaghetti not strings. <laughs> And I will not love making it. This seems weird, kind of complicated. Like, I and you know, i am I going to do this, like, for the rest of my life, these little food hacks trying to make everything perfect? I'm like, what else is there? I'm up against the wall. I feel awful. I don't know what to do. And I just had one of those moments where you sort of, like, I relaxed and opened myself to my, you know, to my consciousness. And I just said, like, mm-hmm. listen, Meredith, you read so much. You listen to so much. There must be something dangling out there in the quantum field that you haven't looked into that could help. Um, and I flashed to an interview with Dr. Jack Cruz talking about light, which I had watched in its entirety and forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when I was really desperate, uh, I went back and looked at his work with a whole new, with new eyes, and that was in 2017.
0: Oh. And that's when I started my life. Very cool. That's awesome. That's great. So yeah, so tell us what you know about uh, blue light and why why you think blue light's the new sugar. <laughs> so blue
1: light's the new sugar in a lot of ways, and in, in, you know, just in terms of like the demon in the headlines of of you know the the thing that we all have too much of that's making us sick. Um, it's the new sugar in that way, but it's also the new sugar in that in that exposing yourself to, to unadulterated blue light. From devices and screens and LEDs and fluorescent bulbs literally raises your blood sugar wow so it it acts like sugar on the body uh, in the way that sugar does so it's a it's a metaphorical comparison but also a literal one um, because our we are kind of you know there's a joke in the in the mitochondriac qu- quantum light community that we're like walking plants right like we are um, the more people understand about how our biology really functions, which is at a, that it functions at a quantum level, not just a biochemical right. level, mm-hmm. um, which you are a person, <laughs> um, right? Like the more the more we understand that, um, the more we realize that light is like food to ourselves. Yes. Uh, so it's the same principles. If we feed it junk food, uh, they're going to break down –
0: Feeling oh, right. yeah, I really love that metaphor. It's like the blue light is kind of like the potato chips and candy to ourselves, but on a yes. frequency level. And yes. can it be addictive? You know, that's
1: an interesting question. Um, yes, it can. But I don't know if it's the light itself that's addictive or what we do on our devices. Oh I that's see. addictive, um, right, because most people when they go to change their light if they do it intentionally, I don't know that they have a hard time. I think the addiction is more the habit of what they're doing with their devices than from the light itself.
0: Mm, okay, well, I do think there's uh some adrenaline thing going on, <laughs> um yeah. 'Cause I definitely feel being so sensitive of course, uh, you know, definitely feel when I when I have the blue light blocking glasses on and occasionally I will not don them uh because it's a podcast, somebody you know, somebody else's podcast and the light keeps shining and it doesn't look good, right? So I, I try yeah. to be polite and respectful of that and if it's at nine o'clock at night, oh well. So um but I notice <laughs> just feeling really activated and then when I put the blue light blocking glasses on I feel like <sighs> <laughs> like, oh okay. absolutely
1: blue light is absolutely stimulating um it's yeah it's because it's sending the message to our brain uh like we're programmed by sunlight right like every mm-hmm. single biological process in our body is programmed by sunlight and the only time that blue light occurs in nature is at high noon so when we're blasting really? our retina our yeah so, this, that, yeah, so it builds up. So there is blue light. Like, you do need some. It's not, um, it's kind of like, there's a great health coach, Nathan Walt He uses this example. He's like, if you eat an apple, it's good for you. If you take all the sugar out of the apple and just eat the sugar, that's a different story. So that's what ah. we've done with the blue light. We've isolated it in a way that it doesn't occur in nature. Um, and so the effect that it has on our, on our bodies is to make us, is to trigger us into feeling like it's high noon, like it's the most time of day. Mm. Um, we've created a, a light environment that is totally man doesn't exist in nature, and is sending false signals to our bodies. So, yeah, it's hugely stimulating. Um, and it's really, really difficult. It's It's basically impossible to have a restorative sleep after exposing yourself to a screen without any kind of mitigation strategy right before bed. So some people are like, no, I fall asleep. fine." that even if you're asleep, you're not, it's not a restorative sleep um, because you've suppressed all your melatonin with the blue light.
0: Ah, okay. Okay. Well, you know, people are wondering, I know I'm wondering whether this uh, blue light toxicity or excess blue light can cause weight gain in women specifically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Oh man! (laughs) (laughs) Well, the good news is, is that we there's a lot that can be done. That's not just um, diet and exercise, diet and exercise, right? Like there's this whole other level um, Mm -hmm. that once we implement it is so supportive of weight loss. Um, But yes, it it absolutely, you know, depending on on your mitochondria, depending what your, you know, your body's weaknesses are, it could, it could definitely um, cause obesity. And because what it does is it causes inflammation, which is like the underlying issue of all the chronic illnesses. So in some
0: people you
1: you could become obese and other people you could, you know, should be setting the stage for Alzheimer's. Just depends how your body responds.
0: Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, it's like a slow drip toxin mm. when we have unhealthy light. Because we're, like, our cells can't talk to each other the way they're meant to. So they're, we things are oscillating at a slightly off. Everything's a little bit off. And you build that up over time, um, and it becomes way off.
0: I see. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and is the, so the, the this blue light, which normally we would, see only at high noon, but now we're bathing in it all day long, especially those of us with <laughs> devices that use devices. Mm-hmm. So how does it cause inflammation?
1: So the blue light actually penetrates into your skin mm. and into your skin. So in the same way that like sunlight or red light therapy can be very healing, you're right. kind of giving yourself a toxic therapy. Um, there was, they discovered in 2018 that our, our skin has photoreceptors. So if, yes. so actually we're absorbing it, not just through our eyes, which is where there's a lot of mitochondria is and those our eye clock. And that's like the most crucial part, but it's also through our skin. We're also absorbing that through our skin and the blue light is penetrating down. I think it's, I forget the exact, I think it's like four millimeters. Like it goes quite deep. And like, and it, so you're sort of giving yourself an intensive, toxic infusion of cell destroying
0: lasers. Mm. Right. Well, and and I'm, my my friend and medical colleague Dr. Kellyanne Petrucci talked about how you know she she's you know talks about bone broth and collagen and benefits and she was <laughs> she had some sort of you know uh, animated meme about blue light and she says, hey gals you know you want to minimize this because if you want your wrinkles gone you know blue light actually destroys your collagen and that's what got my attention <laughs>
1: absolutely oh that's fantastic yeah no it 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 definitely does and and contrary to popular belief the sun i mean i'm i'm not going to say that you're you know you won't have certain types of reactions on your skin if you go in the sun or get a little bit you know get a little a little bit of wrinkles but When you're outside and you're getting the healing light and you're grounded to the earth, you're hydrating your cells. Mm. So there's actually like a kind of reverse aging element to it because you're plumping up those, those cells as opposed to sucking the life out of them.
0: Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I did a lot of that yesterday with friends of mine, actually earthing in the river. And there was, yeah, like, and I, you know, it's something that uh, I would like to do more of sometimes here in the Northeast with five feet of snow. It's a little bit more challenging to do that. Outside. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, it makes so much sense what you're talking about the, you know, the the inflammation that can penetrate through the skin and like giving yourself like a reverse therapy, a reverse, you know, yeah. a negative phototherapy. Like I actually sell and love these phototherapy devices and they counteract the negative effects of, 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 blue light. Not, not really necessarily knowing that that's what it was doing, but now it totally makes sense because it actually uses yeah. the photoreceptors in our skin to deliver a message for it to plump up blood cells, increase hydration, increase mitochondrial, you know, function, uh, detoxification, you know, all this kind of stuff. And uh, that may be why, you know, I still don't have wrinkles, <laughs> <laughs> use blue light so much. Um, yes. Now we talked about well, and then you know, sleep and you know, yeah, melatonin and and uh, I, I'm you know thinking hormone imbalance. You know, with blue light, we talked about collagen uh, being destroyed yeah. and inflammation, of course, being the root of everything. So that could contribute to everything from heart disease to diabetes to lupus to Graves. Is yeah. there anything I miss that blue light is causing problems?
1: Um. Maybe mentally? I mean, yeah, like with the exception of those very rare genetic disorders and genetic diseases that that affect a very small portion of people, um, blue light basically is a contributor to all other illness. Mm. Or I should say... uh, a toxic light environment is a contributor to all other illness. So I have people ask, you know, like, oh, I know someone who's suffering from blah, blah, blah. Like, would light help her? And I'm like, I'm not a doctor, and I don't actually know what that condition is. But unless it's a rare genetic illness, yes, because light affects everything. Mm
0: -hmm. So,
1: yes, all of the things you mentioned. And then if anyone's listening and there is something and they're wondering, like, oh, well, I have this. Is it that? Again, unless it's a rare genetic disorder, yes, going outside will help. Um, we, had, we started um, doing courses for practitioners just to like so they can just add the light piece to you know their area of expertise. Um, mm-hmm. And we had a doctor whose mother has MS and she was at the point where she just wouldn't get, she just wasn't getting out of bed in the morning. Uh, she was too mm-hmm. tired, she felt too sick uh, and she was, I think you know sort of losing her motivation to get up and her daughter started studying all of this material and she said, mom, why don't you just go lie out in the lounge, the lounger in the backyard instead of your bed? Like just, just that, like you don't have to do anything else. Can you get out of bed and lie outside instead of in your bedroom? So her mom started doing that every day. Um, and she started to feel better. <laughs> she, I just saw a picture out. Walking around in New Orleans in the botanical gardens, smiling.
0: Oh And
1: uh, yeah, it's it's truly it's amazing. It's free. It's just right there.
0: Right, and um, isn't it? Um, isn't it totally so interesting can. that over the last few years they told us to stay inside our homes? You're not allowed to go to the Isn't beach. it? You're <laughs> not allowed. The kids are not allowed isn't to play it? at the park. And those of us in the you know natural health field are like, what? That's crazy. We want people to be healthy, not sick. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah.
1: That was just one of the most insane counterintuitive. I mean, there was a lot of insanity, but that one was, I think, one of the top ones.
0: Counter science, counter logical, counter a bunch of things. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) That's right. So is there a minimum? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, any kind of outdoor, even in the winter, five minutes even if it's okay. freezing I'm a who lived in Alaska the other day. I'm like, even one minute is better than no minutes. Mm.
0: <laughs>
1: any outdoor time count.
0: Okay. Good. Good. Yes. I I tend to be inside the house certain days, wherever really long days I love my work, so it's even you know, more. I, it's not like I'm one of these people that I go, "Oh, I wish I could go outside." I have so much work. I'm like, "Oh, I love my work. I love my work." <laughs> and, then, and then I kind of forget. I was like, "Oops." Um, yeah, but I do think it makes a huge difference. So that's you know going to be one of my new habits to really focus yeah. on is to go outside, uh, rain or shine, or you know, thank. Thankfully, the dog helps a lot because I I just oh, know he has yeah. to walk, right? So <laughs> yeah, that helps a lot. Thank yeah, you, and Pat. people.
1: <laughs> have told me as well running well, the walks of their dogs and they're like, my dog has more energy. <laughs> my dog wow, is feeling better.
0: Yeah. Right. They... Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's great. Well, there's definitely, um, I don't really have much of an excuse not to, not to do that. So we have this counter healing thing, which is free, you know, going outside. Um, and what about somebody's in the city? Like, I mean, I mean, we would think that, okay, it's better if you're around trees or lakes or something nice, but what if you're in New York City, you know, just going outside? Is that still going to be helpful?
1: Yep. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's, uh, it's are, like the question to ask is, are my eyes getting unfiltered natural light? Is unfiltered natural sunlight hitting my eyeballs on a regular basis throughout the day starting first thing in the morning? Even through an open window, not a closed window, because um, the glass filters out some of the frequencies, and we need the pure frequency as it comes out of the sun um, okay. to set our circuitry. So, um, so yeah, it doesn't matter where you are, as long as being outside. Now, I, I do think you know the more clear, the more sky you can see, the better. But just being outside, I had a young woman. She was not. She was not studying this. She was actually, I just, she was a freelancer. I hired her to help me with my business, but she was exposed to all of this stuff. And she right. said,
0: I just started,
1: when I walk my dog, I started crossing the street to where the sun is. <laughs> so I never thought about it before, but she lived in Manhattan. Um, mm-hmm. And it made a huge difference. And then she took, a, she took a job that started really early. So she started walking her dog at sunrise. And she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe how different I feel. Um, I'm tired at like nine o'clock and I go to bed and I'm up at sunrise and I'm outside and I have energy all day long. I mean, and she's young, she's like in her thirties. Um, but all of that happened in Manhattan is my point. Wow. <laughs> so it,
0: Great story. Do, any, do it anywhere. Oh, good. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you know, uh, Meredith, my, my other question was around, okay, so ideal is you have to go outside, however long, one minute, five minutes, you know, 20 minutes, um, that would be the ideal every day, if possible. Now, is there a way of, like, how good, if at all, are any of the full-spectrum light bulbs that you see for sale? Because I don't know too much about them. Yeah.
1: I think it really depends. There are some really good ones. Um, I've been in touch with a a guy out of Australia who's who makes one, I think, uh, blockbluelight.com is his, .au, I believe. Anyway, something like that. I can send it to you if you'd like. Um, he he makes a really high-quality one, and he takes into account all of the things that you need to think about, including the EMF emissions of the light.
0: Ooh,
1: um, good. So the people who are really into it do make really high-quality products. And so with, a, with light bulbs, um, you want to look – you want to check for flicker, which you can check by recording the light with, in slow-mo video on your phone and then playing it back mm-hmm. and seeing if there's a flicker. And you want to think about the EMF that's coming out of it, um, particularly if you have dimmer switches. But, but light bulbs, I would say, yes, I would say anyone who's made an effort to make a light bulb that more closely resembles the frequency of the sun, that's going to be a better light bulb to have in your house. Because what you the ideal is to have the light inside be as close as possible to the light that's outside. Oh, I so, got it. Uh, you even but then so then with a bright full spectrum bulb even that you would want to turn it off as you got sort of towards sunset um, and yeah, that maybe was my next question. <laughs> so we've come to a place where we have so we have. Uh, a house with like LEDs recessed in the ceiling that came with the house. So sometimes okay. we have those on during the day. And then if it's as the brightness dims outside, we switch to lamps and overhead lights that have incandescent bulbs. And then right okay. before bedtime, um, the light bulbs like in the in all the bedrooms for reading right before bed are just pure red. Mm. So we kind so of. So
0: you have multiple different forward, kind of light fixtures in your bedroom. Pardon? You have different light fixtures in your bedroom.
1: Yeah, so just it's just our bedside lamps. So we usually turn off the overhead lights, um, you know, once it's dark, and just have and then so the light like that's there right before we fall asleep is just the red light.
0: Uh okay, okay, got it. Um, what about some um, night? Well, probably not the ideal, but uh, nighttime movie watching. You know? Um, do you yeah. What do you blue do there?
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah, we we watch movies. Um, you know, I, like I don't do it every night, but yeah, we I we love to watch movies, and um, you know, my son plays Fortnite. But <laughs> uh, <and laughs> so once it's like everyone has to put on blue blockers, and they complain, and they're like, "My movie looks orange," and my friends think I'm weird. I'm like, "Well, if you want to watch Fortnite, that's the deal. <laughs> if you want to play." Okay. That's the deal. We have a basket of blue blockers and we just all throw them on if we're going to watch TV uh, after sunset, which we do because we like technology too. Okay. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's really great. Um, now our, so we went through the different, um, you know, the lights you talked about red and then, you know, can you, can for f- folks that are brand new, can you share what these actually look like? Like, why red, why yellow? Like, why are, the, why are some of the glasses they sell clear-colored and they're supposed to be blue-light blocking? So what's the difference between these three different spectrums of things?
1: Okay, that's a really, really good point because i spent a lot of time being confused by this over the years. So there are um, – so when we say blue-blocking glasses, uh, a, re- a, gla- a, pair of, a lens that is going to truly block the blue light – is going to be orange. If it's clear or yellow, it's not sufficient to block blue light at night. That Mm. being said, if a person is in an environment during the day where they're like on their computer all day long or they're in a office that's got terrible lighting all day long, the daytime ones that are lighter colored yellow work really well because the lenses are created to filter out the kind of man-made portions of the light and what they allow through is more what you would be getting if you were outside during the day. So it's a really, really good question because you actually don't want to wear orange blue blockers during the day because you're still messing up your circadian rhythm just in the other way, or telling yourself it's night when it's day. so oh. when want you to say do,
0: orange, I the-
1: want to take down to your desk. <laughs> So orange at night, yellow in the day. The lenses that are super, super clear that you see, like in you know, like a big box store or advertised in a magazine, those are probably useless.
0: Oh, okay. I'm not going to say. I think that's what, that's what the eye doctor get because my friend has. I was saying, oh, I was thinking getting blue light, you know, blocking prescription glasses. He goes, oh yeah, these are blue light blocking. I'm looking at them, or like, yeah, but I could see through. I mean, they're not even yellow. <laughs> so yeah. then I was like, huh. You paid extra for that? Does that really work? You know. So yes, yeah, so you're saying they're not that helpful. More marketing, maybe. Probably.
1: I mean, it might, it might be blocking something,
0: but mm. to
1: to have the desired effect of making the light frequencies that come through reflect what's happening outside, um, probably, yeah, it needs to be a little bit yellow. And and most of the high quality blue blocking companies. And we'll have, we'll explain that on their website and they'll have different options that you can buy. And they'll say like, these ones are for nighttime. These ones are for daytime. Um, Okay. Yeah, the ones, anything mass produced at this moment in time, 2022, uh, I I don't think I could recommend that. I would go to a, to a more like startup type that was started up by some entrepreneur who got really nerdy
0: about light. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know because you know that's the other question that comes up is well, you know your orange, whatever yellow orange glasses look kind of like these safety glasses. So why don't I just buy safety glasses that I get at the hardware store?
1: Yeah, and you know what you you can, those those orange those orange goggles like from mm-hmm. like UVX or something that are like ten dollars. They're not um, perfect, but they're better than nothing. So if you're not quite where you want to spend 80 to a hundred, $150 on really high quality ones, you can, you know, go ahead and get those. The oranger they are, they, they're definitely doing something. And we have, we have a bunch of those lying around because we have kids and things get broken. They're better than nothing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, Yeah. So, uh, if if somebody say, Okay, well well I I, I don't know if I wanna Meredith, I don't know, I don't wanna like change my whole lifestyle hundred and eighty degrees, okay, I'll walk outside more. But if I were to buy one thing to help mitigate the blue light if someone's using devices and things like that, uh, what would that be for you? Like what product would they start with, do you think? The light bulb or the glasses or what? I would I would start with the glasses.
1: Uh, because the glasses allow you to continue with your habits. You know, they don't, they're, they're helping to, you know, they're going to allow you to do the things that you like to do at night. Um, You don't have to change your habits quite so drastically, but they'll still bring a huge, huge benefit. And the two things that I say, one of them's free, which is to go outside the minute you wake up, ideally as close to sunrise as possible. If you can't go outside, open a window and, put your face up to the screen and just okay. look at the sky. Um, and the second thing is, yeah, if you're going to just buy one thing and be like, all right, I'm going to play around with this, I would suggest blue blocking glasses. And you put them on when it, once it's dark out.
0: Okay. Well, okay. So blue light blocking glasses
1: so, once it's dark yeah. out. The reason I is because light bulbs turn them off, right, like, mm-hmm. you know, you might, need, you might need some incandescent light bulbs on to, so you don't bump into things. But, um, you know, for your first step, you can optimize your house just by turning off all the lights, just by turning off all the things. But I think it's pretty hard to just go cold turkey and not look at a single screen after sunset. So I would go blue blockers so you, you're able to okay. continue your life in a somewhat normal manner
0: okay, so just to just to clarify about the during the day part, so now right now it's sunny out, you know, I've got a window open behind my you know computer screens uh so I should not be wearing my blue light blocking glasses now until sunset, correct, okay, even though there's blue light artificial blue light coming off the screens,
1: yeah, so the other thing you can do for that is. A, you can just play with the settings on the laptop and dim it a little bit, so it's not like those factory settings, which just like, burn your red. Right. Uh, there are also so- There's also software that you can download. Uh, I use one called Iris. I think there's one. There's also a, a recommended one called Flux. Um, yeah, I have that one. So you have that one. Yeah. So if you have if you have the that software on your thing, so it's daytime mode so it's pulling the thing and your your ambient light is through a window and the window is open um and you feel good you're not getting headache you don't feel like you have eye strain you're not feeling fatigued um then yeah you, you might not need to wear anything right now like i i don't really wear them in the day because i'm not i don't sit at my computer continuously i work for bit and i get up and i do other stuff so i find like i don't need them but i do have that software on my laptop and if for some reason I turn it off and forget, I'm um, even during the day. I'm like, Wow What's happening?" Oh, and then I realize okay.
0: That I was thought off. That's why. Well, the software is uh, gives you. I think the uh, the flux actually uh, gives you several choices. But right now, for example, I just opened it up. It says daylight, so it's pretty normal screen stuff. Um, and then later on. Uh, wherever I am in my location, it will start to make it more orangey until Mm -hmm. when it's really late at night, then it gets really, really orangey. So do you suggest that even though right now it's completely, you know, blue light blasting (laughs) because it's daytime, do you still use uh, your app to make it orange even though it is during the day?
1: No, I don't. So during the day, like the setting, um, so I use Iris, and then so the dead Yeah, I just have it on a setting, so it's less bright, and it has less blue than the factory settings, Um, but it's still, like, if you walk by and look at my screen, it would not be obvious that I have that. If I turned it on and turned it back on, you'd mute it, but, yeah, my computer screen looks fairly normal during the day, Um, and because of how much, you know, because I'm not, like I said, in front of it uninterrupted for hours at a time, I find that that's enough.
0: Okay. Okay, great. Well, that's neat cuz these uh, some of these apps or, or or programs are are free. Like I know the the Flux is free. Yeah. Um and you can put it I I I don't have a Mac, but so I don't know how that works on a Mac, but I have a PC and it it works great you know and then if i do have to do uh well, not that often but when i do have to do color work at night like graphics uh if i'm there's a finish line deadline you know I, we need to get something in then i may turn it off for an hour i know it's not the best you know i put my logging glasses on and then i'll peek underneath them and go okay i need to look at this color oh my gosh that's purple not red oops you know <laughs> Um, and then, and then, but yeah. I'm so happy when I could, my body's like, ah, you know, when I put the flux back on, it's like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. this is so nice. <laughs> like, she'll like, relief flooding
1: through you. You're like, oh, I didn't realize I was so tense just from the light coming out of this.
0: Thing. Right. It's like, Locked who, who needs caffeine? Box? You know? It got blue light. I, That's my caffeine. Oh. <laughs> probably why I don't drink caffeine. I don't need more of that. That's interesting. Well, you know, good for you for teaching your children this early. I'm just so impressed. You know, I I don't have biological children myself and uh, there's so many challenges in the modern day world that we didn't have growing up. Uh, and this is this is one of them. And, um, you know, kids see other kids with their devices and yada, yada. And they well, I want this. And why can't I do this? And and uh, just the way you're navigating that with your kids, it's like kudos to you. That's pretty awesome.
1: Thank you. Appreciate that. It's an, it's an ongoing journey. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah for sure for sure now here's an uh, um and and by the way folks um if you'd like to ask Meredith something live, I'm gonna open up the phone lines here it's eight one eight five one four eleven ninety hit one, so you know uh we know your hand is up eight one eight five one four eleven ninety and then you can hit one and then if you are online, um feel free to put a comment in the live chat we have open as well or a question in there. I did put the uh, the website that um, uh, Meredith mentioned, Blue Light, uh, sorry, Black Blue Light. Um, so one of the questions I had, Meredith, was around is it possible or if it is possible, why do they not do it, um, Why, you know, make devices that radiate, I don't know, more natural light, you know what I mean? Because in those full-spectrum light bulbs, yeah. I really like those. I mean, I, I I mean, I changed my office with with those, and I was like, when I had an office, and I was like, oh man, I really like this much better. But <laughs> why don't they make devices yeah. like that? You know,
1: it's an interesting question, and I think, um, you know, I think they just didn't know better, right? In the beginning, um, it wasn't something that anybody was thinking about. Like computers were so new, and just like getting them to do stuff was, like, you know. felt like such a triumph that I don't think anyone quite thought through just how much we would be using them. So as the, as the technology progressed and it became something that we have like in front of our faces all the time, I don't think there was ever a moment where people, you know, where people were like, okay, we're designing this and people are going to be looking at it all day and all night. Um, What, how can we make it healthier? Like that just, never occurred to them. Uh, I also think if it did occur to them, it occurred to them in a way, to the manufacturers, in a way where they were like, well, we want people to to use these and be productive. So the light coming out of them is gonna be, you know, on the stimulating side uh, without maybe thinking through what that meant if you were using it late at night or in the evening or as a teenager or as a child.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I, I heard a rumor, and it may be completely incorrect and just a rumor, that uh, Steve Jobs of Apple wouldn't let his kids have an iPod, or iPad, rather. So I don't know if that's yeah. true. But uh, I, that, if it was true, and it's pretty interesting. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, yeah, it's a story that gets, that gets told. Um, but I'm certain he probably wouldn't have let them use it, you know, without conditions. Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. have it sort of the way you would, the way children can just have, you know, carry a toy around with them. I think that especially when they first came out before we became cognizant of screen time and brain development and that kind of thing yeah, they were, they definitely got overused with young children Um,
0: Right and and sometimes I still cringe when I see a baby holding a phone yeah, Yeah, it's one of those (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's, yes, and it's, I mean, everything that we're talking about is even more important for children because their brains are still developing. Um, So that toxicity is really, really, like, you know, if I would have, you know, had even less screen time had I known
0: what I know now
1: when they were little.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Well, you know, um, eventually I I really do hope that there is a, at least a cell phone manufacturer who would think about the health effects. And, um, you know, not, I mean, not that long ago, uh, you know, one of the the inventors of the phototherapy patch I was telling you about, he actually made something Mm -hmm. to go uh, next to the phone and which would change the harmful EMF of the phone to a mm-hmm. longitudinal wave. He's <laughs> like the modern day Tesla. Um, and so it wasn't harmful to the human body. And I'm like, well, why don't, well, if we could communicate with a longitudinal wave, we don't need the other stuff. Why are we not doing that? Like, why are we doing 5D? I know. You know, like it penetrates I, I, and it's not helpful. It's it's uh, it's unhealthy. You know, there's thousands of practitioners and scientists calling for a halt to 5G. And the technology already exists to make these things healthier and useful. And the brand
1: Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know. That's really interesting. Like my one of the biggest things that I've learned doing this research and reading, you know, a lot of books and studies is that, yeah, like the research exists, the the product uh-huh. exists, the knowledge exists. The problem is that there's no pathway to move it forward into, you know, into a mass adoption, right? And this the structures and institutions that are in place um, kind of end up with whatever they end up with like by accident and then they just run with it and it's like whatever technology these institutions start making money on, like, that's it. Like, there's, and it's not because there's not a better option. It's, it's because of the way the system is. And I think it's important a little bit to understand that because one of my big, you know, stumbling blocks, and it's, you know, this was, you know, five, five years ago. It's a little bit different now. But at that time, uh-huh. I just really felt like, how can this all be true? Like if this is true, how did I not know? Like how come nobody told uh-huh. me any of this? <laughs> and right? it made me really. I'm an educated person. I read things. Like I would know. Um, and I it was through doing all this research. And there's a, a, a beautiful book by a guy called Andrew Marino who who became who is a scientist who worked with Robert Becker and did all kinds of really interesting research in the electric. Um, nature of the human body, and their research got squashed. And then he went and mm. got a law degree because he realized the only way to uh, have what an I impact have? is would be in the courtroom. And the only people who would, who could understand it would be it would be lawyers in a cross examination in terms of like getting some of this stuff proven. Um, FDA wasn't going to government what you know and so he went and got his lottery like it's a fascinating story but it he goes into such detail about dealing with all of these different institutions and he dealt with all of them and realized oh wow like there's so much we don't there's so much we wouldn't be told because nobody knows and anything that's not um, kind of platformed by the institutions just gets relegated to the fringe and you can't—you t- may not know the difference between some crackpot theory and something real because it's just all mushed together off to the side. Um.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's—I'm sure there's um, what they call the science with the dollar sign for the S. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, cha-ching. So you know certain yeah. things. Like uh, there was a film recently. It was just a little, like a two—one or two-minute. Um, thing that was on Facebook and it was about this guy that had made a water powered doom buggy in the fifties. Wow. And you saw it work, you know, and uh the military said they were interested in it and so he showed it to the military and guess what? Never saw the light of day. Wow. Amazing, amazing. I keep getting amazed every day at what I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, there's it's
1: it's mind boggling, truly. <laughs> like i yeah i had no idea there's so much out there
0: mhm and so tell us about um the quantum health channel so quantumhealth.tv is the um uh place if everyone wants to just jot that down so quantumhealth.tv uh, what are your offerings there what what can people get from from visiting
1: so we're Um, We're actually in the process of offering many more things. So the quantumhealth.tv is an education platform. So there uh, I went and interviewed every doctor I could find who's practicing um, the principles of quantum biology, which is is sort of the basis of understanding how light affects health in their Mm. practice. And I interviewed them, and we put together – a bunch of videos just about circadian biology like what does that mean and you know it's just like some very basic approachable stuff um and then there's some paywalled stuff which is a little um, more intense in terms of talking about science and all of that kind of thing so i, w- I would recommend that more for for practitioners um mm-hmm. and soon we will be launching um today's may 30th by the end of june we're going to have a practitioner directory which will be called the quantum biology collective.org uh, uh-huh. and that will be where people will also have some videos and articles that explain the basics of this stuff but also you can find somebody to work with who understands light and health because i truly believe that everybody should have one at least one person um, yeah. one practitioner who knows their personal case history their personal situation and understands about light so we'll have doctors in there or people who do group programs that are very you know low cost and uh, all the way up to you know so whatever you need psychologists I'm trying to find mental health (laughs) therapists who will study this to help people understand about mood and things like that Um, so it's early it's early days but that I think for the for a general audience for somebody who you know it has a health issue or wants to feel better or uh, that would be I think where I would send you um, okay. to find yeah some, that's great
0: so um, so quantum health if you go to the top folks um, you can actually see that um, there is a spot called catalog and under catalog, uh, these are some free offerings here. So lots and lots of amazing free content here uh, related to what we're talking about. And then uh, if you love that, then you may check out the red button at the top called join. Um, so you can join and, and do a deeper dive. So if folks are interested in this kind of thing. It's it's great. I know for me, Meredith is that I'm, you know, really, very much into light. And uh, of course, I'm a doctor of light medicine. However, the light that I'm talking about is spiritual light, not necessarily visible light, or, mm-hmm. you know, or measurable by infrared or whatever, that kind of thing. Um, so I think it's it's great to have this whole spectrum of information and knowledge that people can pull from and to benefit themselves. Um, yeah, I really appreciate you, you know, sharing your wisdom here.
1: Thank you. Yeah, and I think what's really exciting is oh, I forgot we're doing a, a summit on the 17th of June, quant, the Ooh. quantum biology. Summit. So that's quantumbiologysummit.com. <clears throat> Excuse me, and okay. that's talking about the, the scientific underpinning of all of this is um, is that there's now strong evidence. I would say proof. The academics don't like to ever say that. But <laughs> um, right. I would say proof, right? Like quantum, and you would know this, you would be like, yeah, of course, but of course the, the science people need to prove it in a lab. And they have, they've have proved that quantum mechanic processes happen within living systems. And up until like 2010, any living scientist would say that's not true because the the consensus was, you know, living organisms are biochemical and quantum mechanics only happens in deep dark. You know, on uh, uh, the atomic level in space or whatever, um, uh-huh. it doesn't have to be wet in like you know warm wet places, which is bodies. Um, <laughs> and the, there was a, a quantum physicist called Jim Al Khalili and a and a biologist uh, Don McFadden. They got together. They were like, "What ha- what if our disciplines talked to each other and see if we could." find out if our respective disciplines could answer each other's questions. And they did all the, all of this research. It has nothing to do with human health, but they did prove that birds migrate using quantum mechanics. So uh-huh. they, and they wrote a book, it's called The Coming Age of Quantum Biology. Uh, it's a little dry and it's not uh-huh. about human health, is about how quantum mechanic processes are happening in animals and living systems. So when you say that you're a doctor of light, like that light, like it's on, um, you know, as you, I'm sure you could talk about for ages and I'd love it to, if you wanted to, uh, that light is the same. Like it's all, we're all existing in the quantum field.
0: Right. And
1: now science has caught up to be like, to understand that like we are quantum entities that are sensing our environment on many, many, many different levels. Um, And so I think light is just the beginning of where, you know, even of where science is going. Like, I think that your work will be very well (laughs) validated um, Mm -hmm. by this new
0: Yeah, I I love the science. I'm kind of a nerd that way and uh, just love it. And and then there's the intuitive piece. um, And I like to say to people, well, whatever works. So you don't have to do what I'm doing. You know, if what you're mm-hmm. doing is working for you, right? But if it's not working for you, maybe you want to try something different, whether that be, you know, as you know, you know, thoughts are, you know, packets of light, right? Thoughts and beliefs and emotions. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all frequencies and resonances yeah. and vibrations. And, and this is an incredible interplay of what we can sense uh, and not just with our five senses, with our quote unquote six senses as well. And that's where it really gets fun to be able to change. Yes. Yeah. Uh, thing. Like for example, my, my friend Ken Rolla, who many of my um tribe members know, um, he, you know, mentioned to me uh, interesting things about ormus and the properties of Ormus and he says, you know, if you take um the monoatomic uh deconstruct you know, the harmful substances like lead or uh, mercury, for example, and you deconstruct them into their monoatomic counterparts, it becomes what we call ormus, which is this powdery white, mm-hmm. whitish powder, and it's actually healing for the body. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> you mean I can feel wow. you know, mercury deconstructed? Is helpful for the body. He goes yep, and I'm like, well, hey, I can do that in quantum,
1: <laughs> right? So yeah. it's like giving
0: me all these ideas, and that's the really cool thing is that we can evolve, you know, humanity with just that that science knowledge, and then the, you know, the the other kinds of knowledge, and put it all together with the esoteric, and it all now makes sense, which is very exciting.
1: Yes. Yes, I think, yeah, we are coming towards a more complete understanding that takes all of it into account. Absolutely. Oh, that's really cool.
0: Yeah, it's very, very interesting. And, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, my, my work is, you know, t- teaching people how to harness their their own, you know, creativity, thoughts, etc., and connect to the zero point field and mm. make changes on the quantum level. So therefore, they see them on the physical 3D level. And yet, you know, uh, yeah. you know, sometimes my tribe members and myself, you know, kind of forget that we have a body. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, sometimes we get into not so great habits um, because we're all about, you know, like this, this consciousness and all this kind of stuff. But yet, our everyday. You know, like for example, you know, there might be a client that says, "Well, you know, I really wish to lose weight, but keep gaining weight." You know, and I asked her about, "Well, you know, are are you, do you happen are you, are you still eating bread or wheat or anything?" She goes, "Well, yeah." And I'm like, "Okay, so you've asked, so you've been working 30 years on weight loss, and you haven't thought about maybe not doing bread?" <laughs> you know, yeah. You know? I mean, that <laughs> happens, right? Like, and and for me, yeah. it was like, "Hey, device, 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 device," and yeah. I didn't really think about it. Um, and it was only recently in the last few years that I was like, whoa, what's this blue light blocking stuff? Like, what's this, what are they talking about? And then when I saw that felt the difference, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm this holistic medical doctor, right? And learning all this stuff. but I keep learning. And this, the blue light thing was like literally like completely off my radar until I felt the difference. And then I was like, wow, wow. I actually want to go to sleep. Like a ten versus twelve when I have the blue light blocking ah. glasses on. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's really neat. So we can't ignore our physiology just because we want to be out of body and then the light in body experience. We actually have to treat our physical bodies well.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And I think you know I think sometimes those of us who are like pushing out on the edge of things, like we can sometimes you know maybe. Overfocus on one area. So I, I was quite similar, actually. Like you know, I spent like many years in um, therapeutic and you know, a spiritual practice, and and really, really taking care of that whole aspect of um, my being. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, I couldn't really achieve a quality of life until I was like, all right, I got to think about my food. I've got to, and you know, and the the physical parts of it, which you know ended up including light because i hit the wall with everything else um and but it's funny because i interview a lot of people where their first stop was light the physic was physical light um and they got much much better and then they discover, and then they, and then they discovered the whole spiritual world and you know mm-hmm. the, the quantum understanding of ourselves and they're like I don't know why I spend so much time worrying about sunrise. Like it's all about this, and I'm like, no, it's everything.
0: Because <laughs> if you come everything. in the other door, <laughs> right? Yeah, like the people that I see have done everything physical already, right? They did the diet, they did yeah. supplements, and all the They did the acupuncture, um, but they haven't done the spirituality piece. Yeah, um, they say they've tried everything, yeah. right? But that's what they mean by trying everything. And then the whole yes. the the light, the blue light, red light, like you know the. The visible light spectrum, I mean, that isn't, like I said, wasn't even on the radar. Never learned anything about that in medical school. I can definitely tell you that. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> so for sure. I know there. I was, like, studying this. I did, like, a retreat with a couple, a young couple who were both just finishing up their, they were in their first year of residency after med school,
0: mm-hmm. um, and I
1: heard from them a couple of months later, and they ended, out, they ended up dropping out as they were like, you know, we can't. We cannot reconcile what we're being made to
0: do. Yeah. This yeah. Good for them, though, for oh. having that yeah. um, awareness. I mean, I certainly was blind to that. Um, I just was like, science, cool. I love science. I love people. Yeah. I love studying. I didn't like anatomy so much, but I love everything else. And and then come to find out, well, wait a second, I'm actually not helping people get better on their own. I'm giving them pills and surgeries and mm-hmm. Maybe fun for me, but they're not yeah. feeling better. And I got into this whole profession for them to feel and be better. So yeah, so just kept exploring, just like you. What exploring? Was,
1: like, what was your journey like? I mean, because I I've, I've talked to a lot of doctors in the last couple of years who are in various stages of being like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I need to change. <laughs> right. So I'm curious, like how that came about for you and what it was like to to shift out of something where you would spent so many years studying and working towards it.
0: (laughs) I think you, I think you slipped into interviewer mode here, Meredith. (laughs) Sorry. Of course, I like, I like to blab, so I'll just go on forever. So I just let you talk. Um, but yeah, in brief, um, you know, I got so stressed out, I got burnt out, and I thought I was doing everything correctly. I was exercising, I was eating right, but uh, I, you would laugh to see what I was eating. But I thought I was eating right, based on the American, you know, ADA you know, recommendations and things like that. Um, and yeah, I burnt out, I got uh-huh. the fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, autoimmune, um, EMS sensitivity, multiple chemical sensitivity, multiple allergies and tolerances, and the whole bit, and was on thyroid medication, and... Um, you know, I was depressed and almost killed myself, but I didn't. I didn't, obviously. Uh, and then, you know, was realizing that, um, wow, I do want to live and, and just was like, okay, if I'm going to live, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And that meant doing a vote, divorce, you know, looking at the spirituality and then nutrition, which, of course, it's funny that people consider the alternative still. Um, you know, supplements, things like that, started getting better and just kept going down that rabbit hole and that spiritual piece was huge for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, really helpful. Um, the light therapy patches uh, were extremely helpful to help me out of those symptoms quickly. And yes, yeah, so after two years, um, you know, I was, you know, more or less going back to my energizer bunny self and but just kept learning. But my patients, whatever I learned, I would, you know, share with them and they would get better faster. You know, any awareness I had, I would share with them, and they would get better, better, faster, and and then we would learn together what worked, what didn't work, and um, so that's kind of like how it turned out, and um, I think that I left the whole regular medicine thing when I got sick, which was a blessing, Um, because it was getting at that point where it was like, well, I can't, they wanted me to see whatever it was, 24 patients a day, I I could see 14 maybe, <laughs> but I love talking yeah. to people counseling and they yeah. were just, nope, Well, we're going to have to cut your pay. And, you know, it just people weren't getting better on all the medications that I had them on. I was frustrated. They were frustrated. And I said, there has to be another way. And yeah, little by little there was, so I had to get sick first though, you know, to, to really discover yeah. all those things. And I'm sure you hear similar stories among your doctors.
1: Yeah. yeah it's, yeah, very yeah, very similar. You really you got
0: really sick. That's crazy.
1: You had well, everything. you know, I
0: was, yeah, I was my whole... breadwinner, which didn't help because <laughs> it was like, well, if I don't work, oh my... nobody eats. Yeah. You know? So yeah, there was a lot of pushing and pulling and all sorts of things, but yeah, a lot of it, you know, self induced with my own thoughts and beliefs, and mm-hmm. you know, and oh, wow, did a lot of work on that and. It's so different now, Um, but I'm blessed every moment of, of that journey. And I see, you know, some, from some of your doctor's lists here, like they've, I know some of them, you know, have uh, on their Instagram and following them and they've gone through several types of, you know, journeys like, like mine as well. And sometimes it does take that to wake us up. Yeah. Especially if we have a role to help people, like I call it the angelic two by four. Well, (laughs) you have a mission and you're not even close yet. So we're just going to encourage you a little bit. Go. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yeah, here, here we go, um, Meredith. I'd love to share with people the the summit that's coming out. I'm I'm uh, I forgot what you said. What was the domain name?
1: Uh, right, it's Quantum Biology Summit.
0: Okay, and so it, Quantum it's,
1: it's free, which and live.
0: Okay, and, and um, is that uh, how long is it? How much is it? So
1: it's June 17 and 18 from 10 until 2 Eastern. Uh, and it's free to attend live, and then there, once you register, there's an option if you want to upgrade to access the recordings and things like that, which is uh, ninety seven dollars. But the event itself is is free.
0: Okay, so quantum we, biology. I'm typing it in here. Summit. dot com. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to a click funnel page for some reason. Okay.
1: All right, I'm launching that page today, so give me an oh, okay. hour and I'll get that.
0: <laughs> okay, perfect, perfect, great, right. So we'll post that later into our Facebook. We won't post it now. So okay, that's that's fantastic. Well, congratulations, Meredith. Thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your wisdom and what you've learned about blue light. I certainly have learned some new things. So it was really, really fun.
1: Thank you. It was a it was a joy to talk to you. I love what you're doing in the world. Um, I really appreciate the work that you're doing and how you're touching people and the ripple effects that it has. So thank you.
0: Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. And thanks everyone for listening in until next time. Bye for now from light warrior radio. Thank you, Meredith. Thanks everyone. Thank you. Bye.